This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the contact center code. I did not get into a leadership management role until I was 26 years of age, and um, I, I think I always knew that I wanted to be a leader. I, I wanted to be a manager of people at some point, but the trigger that started it was something I wasn't expecting. And I was working for a company that had gotten a new president, and we had had an event. And after the event, uh, he had taken seven or eight uh, salespeople out for dinner, and all different ages and the like. And um, I think everybody had a little bit too much to drink, um, including him. And he said at the dinner, you know what? I bet someday one of you is going to become president of the company and take my place. Well, I heard that and went home and I must have been the only person that was sober or the only person that was listening. But the next day I wrote him a, a, a letter. He, I didn't know him at all and said, listen, my name is Michael Tamer and I'm that guy that you talked about last night. And if you'll just hold on to that position for... Um, for five years, I'll be right there and, and ready to go to become president. And that's kind of what launched me into uh, going into management. And uh, from then, I started to pursue trying to become a leader. And I go to sales meetings and notice that all the managers seem to stand at the back of the room during sales meetings. So I started standing at the back of the room. And uh, eventually, I was given a, a sales manager position, which was an entry level position into management. And uh, so I'd been a salesman, so, so I immediately became the manager of my peers. And what was somewhat frightening was is that my peers were a lot older than I was. And uh, one of the guys that, um, that worked for me, and of course had worked with me, his name was Mike Bazzani. And, uh, and so he was probably 15, 20 years older than me and was a better salesman than I was. I mean, I, I was a good salesman. I think I might have been at moments been a great salesman, but he was always a great salesman. So now he was working for me. And, you know, if there's any solace for those of you that have, may have been in the front ranks and now you're a manager and there may be people that are on the floor that always scored better than you did, uh, you know, Mike in this particular case, he didn't want the job. And so I needed anybody else. So the fact that he was working for me and, and was older and better at being a salesperson uh, didn't seem to matter because he, he was working. Uh, he was working for me. So. So I thought my job was to tell him what to do, and I, I learned pretty quickly that that wasn't my uh, that that wasn't my job, and uh, so I would have to call him because again his numbers and the numbers of the other people that worked for me their numbers were my numbers right their numbers summed up to my numbers and so I got paid and I was evaluated on how well all of them did, and so I would have to call on a regular basis to find out what was what was going on and when he was going to sell something and, you know, where he was and that he turned in his expenses and his other documents and all the administrative things that I had to do. And so 
the very first time I called him, uh, he was very, very polite and listened to all the things that I, that I had asked him for. And then at the end of the conversation, he said, um, I've got a list for you. And he proceeded to give me a list of things that he wanted me to do. And, uh, and then he even added in, which was even more frightening, he would say, and the redhead, his, his wife's name was Betsy, he would say, and the redhead wants the following two things. And so, of course, her things were far more important than, um, than his were. And you have to understand that he was, at the time, the big, you know, the big hitter. He was the one that, that probably helped make most of my numbers on a regular basis. And you could count on him to get the numbers in in the quarter that you wanted them in. So a lot of times salespeople will, you know, you're measured by being able to get it in a particular quarter, your sales in a particular quarter. A salesperson that brought on a contract on March 31st at the end of the quarter was far more valuable than salespeople that brought in orders on April 4th or April 5th. But of course, I had to deal with a list. I had another guy that worked for me. His name was Mike Salloway, another brilliant, smart, great salesperson. And his list was worse because he would call me and say his list came from his customer. And then he had another person that worked with him named Shelly, who also had a list from his customer. And then he tossed Phyllis on top of that, who was also his wife. And she had a list as well. So I had three people to get a list from him. And of course, Again, the numbers at the end of the quarter mattered, at the end of the month mattered from him, so I'd be right there to do the list. Well, needless to say, I got to the point that I was scared to death to call these people because I was gonna get a list. I feel like you can measure my early sales manager years in dog years. I, I learned a lot and I worked on a lot of lists. It became pretty clear to me pretty quickly that my job was to hold them accountable and then to clear the way for them so that they could do their job, which in their particular case was selling. It, their job wasn't being administrative or chasing down internal resources or fighting inside, you know, fighting inside. Their job, that was my job. Their job was to get out and be in front of clients and to sell. And so once I clearly understood my job, it made it a lot easier for me to work with them. And also their lists weren't as long when they weren't going to, when they didn't have something coming in in that particular quarter. So it, it ended up balancing itself out a little bit. So the reason that I tell you this, of course, is because we are in a series. This is part three of the three-part series in I'm New, What Do I Do? And today we're going to talk about managing up, which is managing your boss or being managed by your boss. And I, I gave you the story about the about the two mics only to give you an perspective. That's that's a managing up where they were they were aware of and, and the way that I came to understand and learn what my job responsibilities were. And so I want to start this out by saying that we're going to talk about about managing up um, really, really how your boss manages you and how you can interact with he or she. And and let me start with a baseline, and that is, is that your boss's job is to, number one, fulfill their requirements to their boss, and number two, it's to help you and your peers be successful. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. And by the way, since you're a boss now, your, your responsibility is going to be to fulfill the requirements to your boss and to help help your, you know, the people that work for you and their peers be successful as well. So it really works. So everything that I'm going to tell you today can be turned inwards to how you can operate, how you operate with your boss. You can see in there some connections to how the folks are going to operate with you. So let me start with my most important lesson, that, um, and that's this, that, that if you can learn and understand this term, you got to figure it out. What my boss finds interesting, I find fascinating. If you get that right, everything else comes easy. What my boss finds interesting, 
I find fascinating. And what that basically means is, is that if you listen to your boss and understand what he or she wants and what the company wants, you can be successful because you clearly know what it is you have to do. So with that, let's walk through a couple of things that you need to know when working with your boss. The first thing is you need to understand what is important to them. What's important to them? And it's really simple. They'll tell you, you just have to listen and you have to listen early as, as they sit down with you and communicate to you what's important to them. And make sure that you understand it clearly. No questions or issues. When they say something, make sure you understand. Don't walk away saying, man, you know, she was saying these things and I don't, I don't have a clue what she was saying and I'm going to go ask somebody else. Don't. Make sure that you clearly understand what's important to them. And it's your fault if you don't get it. it it's not their fault if somehow or another they didn't communicate it to you clearly enough. You need to ask questions. And if you need to, and I would encourage you to repeat it back to them, summarize it so you know exactly what it is that's important to them. Next up, what do they expect from you? Again, there's a, there's a level of expectation that you need to know what's expected of you in your job. Your job description is a great place to start. But that would probably only get you part of the equation. You need to understand what they, need to ex- what they expect from you. And sometimes they'll tell you formally, and other times you'll hear it as it goes along. Sometimes there's some unwritten rules. Listen for them. Get them. Talk to your peers. Some things you, that, that you want to know. How often do they want to hear from you? How often do they want to be connected for you? When you have a problem, do they want you to find a solution before they come talk to you, before you go talk to them, or do they want, do they want you to ask them first? If they're not around, who else can you ask? Is there someone else that they point you to, or do they want you to wait for, wait for them? What does success look like for you? Again, I want you to be able to spell it out. You're going to have stats and targets. And as we've talked before, key performance indicators, you're going to have KPIs that you're shooting for. I mean, are are you measured by attrition rates? Uh, Do employee surveys play a role? Understanding exactly what your success looks like is going to help you communicate really successfully with your leader because it's going to create an environment where you know what it is they want from you. And what they want from you is what the company wants from you. Are there others on the team you can watch or follow? You know, success usually, you know, when you're saying what does success look like, success usually looks like somebody else on your team. There's somebody else that's successful. You just have to figure out who that person is or get pointed to that person and figure out what it is they're doing and, and, and gain some data or gain some understanding from that as well. And this is information that you're going to find out the first time that you meet, the second time that you meet in your weekly or biweekly or every two weeks or monthly, whenever you sit down with your uh, direct report, you're going to sit down and you're going to begin to develop a pace or a cadence by which you go over how things are going. And whatever that cadence or pace is, you'll learn that. But in your early meetings, getting to understand and clearly be able to see what's important to them, what do they expect from you, and what does success look like will help you get off to a great start. Now, this is also a place with whether you've got other peers that are new or peers that have been around for a while, they're also available to fill in some of the blanks that you may not catch in your communications. And 
because the expectation is, is everybody's probably measured exactly the same way. Now, everybody may have different challenges or different focuses at different times or, you know, obviously strengths or weaknesses, but everybody's going to be measured pretty much the same way. And I think you can also expect that people are probably managed the same way. And again, depending on what your strengths and weaknesses are, you may get extra correction or extra focus or extra time or uh, extra uh, work in areas that you may be weak in or quite the opposite. You may actually get extra work or extra focus in areas that you're really pretty strong in as your boss begins to understand what your aptitude is and what your strengths and weaknesses are. You may be pushed or directed into certain areas where you can provide more benefit, more value for the organization. This is, you know, the, the, the fourth thing is this is an ongoing process, something that never ends. You're kind of always in every meeting trying to understand and recognize what's important, what's expected, and what does success look like. And so after you've been through this and you think you've got this knocked, you don't. It's something that will be ongoing and something that will grow because you can't imagine that your boss is talking to their boss and that everything's staying finite and nothing's changing and it's all static and, and nothing is changing as the business ebbs and flows. There's an old saying that, that it doesn't matter whether you're very successful or, or very unsuccessful, you're always going to have challenges. And you're going to have the same number of challenges. They're just going to be different. So as the business ebb and flows, as the number of resources that you have in your contact center ebbs and flows, as the amount of work or things that you're responsible for or new projects or new services or new products or new rules or new laws or uh, new IT changes, you're constantly going to have a set of challenges and changes that are going to occur. And your ability to be able to adapt to these changes will be one of the ways that you can be successful in your job. But with every one of those changes, sometimes what's important, what's expected, and what success looks like can change. So it's your responsibility to stay up with that. The last thing that I want to talk to you about is something that um, isn't a guarantee and maybe something that you never get, but I think it's something that you should expect because I think it's something that you should deliver and it's something that a, that, a, that a great manager will have for you. And that's something that I call access. I think that you should look to your manager for access. And I also think that your people should look to you for access. They should look for, look for you for access to education, which means a, a place for you to go so that you can get better. I, I think they also should provide you an access to growth. And whether that be uh, professional growth in, in some skills and some talents that you didn't have before or personal growth because there's some electives or some ways that you can grow either inside the company or outside the company. But I think that access to growth is a sign of a great manager. Access to the future, which means a great manager is going to talk to you not necessarily about where you are today, but where you want to be. And you know what? A great manager will talk to you about whether that future is inside the company or outside the company. Maybe you're starting here, but you, you intend to be president of the United States or the senator from Illinois, or you're going to eventually run your own company and start your own restaurant or whatever it may be. But I believe that a, a great manager will have discussions with you and, and help you access your future. And then finally, I believe that great managers will also give you access to power, which means that at some point they'll introduce you to their manager or 
or and so you have some recognition or some visibility at the level above them. And I would wholeheartedly encourage you that that when when the opportunity and the times are right and it's approved that you give your employees access to your boss so that they can get to know them as well. Access to power, access to the future, access to growth, and access to education are are, are not a guarantee. You probably won't find it anywhere in any of the job descriptions or the responsibilities, but I do think that a great manager is someone that does that for you. And I would hope that, you know, in your new position in leadership, that you do it for other people as well. Well, there you go. Um, I'm new. What do I do? Uh, the third podcast on managing up or managing with your boss. And you know what? We went over just a couple important things, which is one, what's important to them? What do they expect from you? And what does success look like? And then we finalized with access. Listen, I hope this three-part series, which was a little over 45 minutes, gave you a jump start or a supercharge into, super into what I hope is going to be a really successful career as a leader. Listen, I'd love to know as you go along how your leadership uh, new experience goes. If you want to drop me a note at mtamer at proponacy.com, I would love to hear from you. If I miss something, let me know because I can always add it in. Um, since you're new, if there's some subjects that you'd like to learn a little bit more about, let me know as well. Uh, listen, you're on the brink of starting a really exciting and, and new challenge. And I know you're up to it. I know you can be a great leader and a great manager. It just simply requires you to make the decision that you want to be and then just go work really hard at it. Because remember, everything that's really valuable in life usually requires a challenge and requires some hard work. I know you're capable in this new exciting position that you're in to be really great, to really be a great leader. So you just need to go ahead and do it. Just make the commitment and go get it done. Don't forget the other two podcasts that are part of this series, uh, Managing My Numbers and Managing My People. Uh, You can learn a lot from those as well. And just go get it done. Just go be a great leader. I know you're fully capable. It's been great to talk to you this week. I look forward to talking to you next week. Have a great one. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.